It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Coming to you live from John and Molly's in East Hampton. Yes, baby. It is around the locker room. That's right. I'm Vince Quinn. I'm kind of surprised I'm here. Uh, I'm I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Elliot Short Park, surprised I'm here as well. John Barchard, hello, with us on this lovely We've got journey. Food coming here, John. And Ma- I, I believe Elliot was slightly disappointed that they didn't have a stuffed sh- stuff yeah, shells this, special. This place not only looked like they would have good stuffed shells, didn't even have pasta on the menu. Well, so, I mean, man. another quality take by me. <laughs> a ridiculous one, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, great work there by you, Elliot. And so. Um, I ordered a buffalo chicken wrap. We'll see. We'll keep you updated. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned we throughout the course of the, the show. Takes. The yeah. It's exciting to be minutes. here, though. This place is packed, isn't it? It's always like every time we've come here, this is our third time here, actually, and it's always yeah. packed. And uh, uh, it's, they're doing something right. So even though, you know, LA might be upset with the, 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 the non-pasta. Yeah, the fries <laughs> look very good. I feel like I made a mistake not ordering fries. Yeah, well, there you go. I might have to if the... Waitress comes back. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so let's just do it. We'll catch you up to speed with what me and John did last night uh, on the postgame show, which yeah. was uh, yell and scream and bitch and cry. All right. And tears were shed. And um, it was, I mean, frankly, it was just a horrible game. You look at the way all of it went down. So there's a lot of frustration for us, naturally. So, Elliot, what was the main thing, first thing you take away from this? So I have, I have a bunch of opinions on the game last night. Uh, the first is... I think it was just kind of what I expected, which was the game would be close and the Cowboys would win. Uh, I don't think this Eagles team is good enough to win games like that, like last night, where you're against a tough team on the road in a big spot. They just haven't proved they're good enough to win those games. Honestly, the fact that they even made it close at the end, it was, to me, impressive and surprising. And I think that was a good takeaway to have. If you're you're an Eagles fan this morning, or not this morning, wow. It feels like it. Yeah, if if you're an Eagles fan uh, on Monday, you're looking for a reason to be optimistic. uh, That's it. It's what Carson did last uh, last night at the end of games. We'll get into that more. But look, I just think the more this team plays, and the the uh, the quote that keeps sticking out to me was Doug Peterson was asked last night, uh, why why is this offense still struggling at the beginning of games? Why do they keep having slow starts? And he said, lack of attention to detail and focus. Yeah. That's a, a hell of a quote. Statement. That's yeah. a hell of a quote. Wow. Like either either A, that's just coach speak. He's not thinking about what he's saying and you know, maybe he's just trying to say stuff to avoid saying the real reason. But it's not something you should be saying because what that basically means is not only thirteen weeks into the season, plus preseason, plus training camp and all that stuff, does he not have his team focused to the attention of to focused or know the attention to detail and know what they're doing? But in that a game that big 
to say that my offense struggled because of lack of focus and attention to detail, like that's a major, major shot at not only his players, but also it's what in terms of the job he's doing as a head coach, that falls directly at his feet. If his players are not focused and don't have any attention to detail at this point, that is his fault. When did he say that he had that one quote after a game where he said, pressure's off? How long ago was, yeah, was that? Two weeks ago. It was. It was after right, right before the Giants. Yeah, game, it was after the Cowboys loss. Was. Was, uh, yeah, it was the Cowboys. I think it was loss. after the Cowboys. So loss. he comes out. He says, "Oh, pressure's off. Nobody believes in us, and we're going to hunker down, and we're right. just going to fight the world." And yeah, now you go into a Dallas game, which it, it was clear that this was it for them, and you don't see desperation. You didn't see desperation. Is there a single game where you really felt like this team was actually desperate to get a win, like you they know, were jacked up and ready to go like that? I will say, last night at the beginning of the game, being in that stadium, like it did feel like this Eagles team came to play. And, look, I guess we have to talk about the fumble at the beginning of the game. I'm so sick about Man. hearing about the fumble. <laughs> it, like, look, first of all, people assumed that they would have scored a touchdown, which maybe they would have, but the Eagles' offense was so bad to begin, who knows what would have happened. They could have turned the ball over. They could have kicked a field goal. Like, yes, it was a bad call. It was not the correct call. They got screwed. There's no denying it. They did not lose that game because of that fumble call. And the fact the Eagles fans are still talking about it is overshadowing. Honestly, Doug Peterson should send a bouquet of flowers to the referees. <laughs> For making that call. Because Wait, it, what kind? That's my. <laughs> should be tulips. Something should be like roses. that. It should be black. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it should be black roses. That's what they should be. Because it is taking attention off the fact that his team was completely unprepared for the biggest game of the season and scored zero points in the first half. Like that is the story of last yeah. night. It's not Carson. It's not. Uh, it's not the fumble. It's not the refs. It's not even that. Yeah, that Dallas Goddard play, the touchdown that got called back. Was, as frustrating was, uh, as it is, like they played a horrible game for most of the game. Or yeah, ESP, for three quarters. This is what I want to know too. It's just, does you feel like maybe this is? I mean, I, I really enjoyed the Malcolm Jenkins video that you put out. I was glad you were right there. Yeah. Just you know, the, the refs in New York must have been drinking or on the bottle or whatever that was. However, uh, now I mean, it is. That seems even from the players that they're pushing that, at least what I've seen today on Twitter and, th- and Kamu's even mentioning yeah. that of saying, you know, no definitive uh, recovery or whatever and all that. Like, I even think they're deflecting away from yeah, what actually I, I happened. I think there's some truth to that. I will say I liked how Malcolm handled it. He's a, one of the leaders of the yeah. team. Go out there, make the strong statement, accept the fine, kind of represent what the locker room feels. I do agree with you, though, like the Kamu tweet today. I think Jalen Mills retweeted it. Like, yeah. get over it. The call was the call. There was like 140 plays after that. You have to move on. It shouldn't have been the reason you lost that game. You shouldn't be talking about it. Then, so I, I agree. I think I think the players are focusing on it too much. And that's what I think, Vince. More or less, is just that that they they didn't get over it the entire game. To me, if you're still thinking about it, you know, two, three, four days after, you definitely didn't get away from it. During the game, that's, I mean, we can just throw that into the pile of yeah, crap that didn't work either. For sure. You know? And it's so frustrating, too, because it ignores if you're saying, okay, well, maybe they get that fumble, they should have gotten that fumble, and then it changes the game. People always get that play, and then they just factor it into everything else right. that happened. And right. that the game does not follow the same story at all if that play happens. You can't, it's, you know, the butterfly effect. I'm very exactly. big on that kind of thing. So you never know. I think it's silly. It's, it's a wasteful exercise. And the fact that the coaching staff is harping on it is pretty troublesome now here's the other thing because you are there in the locker room what's the reaction when the when the eagles come off the field and you guys go in there knowing that their biggest shot to get to the playoffs as a super bowl champion is over what was the feeling so let me give you two answers to that i'll give you like the analyst answer and i'll give you the elliot 
human being answer. Okay. It's, it's, Wait, there, what, it's is that awkward. in you somewhere? Yeah. I'm feeling his cold heart right yeah, now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm just a robot of tweets. A cold but, uh, heart with hot takes. Uh, yeah, cold heart with hot takes. I might make that my Twitter Oh, bio. nice. There you um, go. It's awkward. It's extremely awkward when you walk in that locker room. Like, it's quiet. Players are upset. Nobody wants to talk. What do you say? What do you go in there and be like, hey, man, like, uh, quick question. So that's season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much over, right? Like, yeah. no, I mean, it's it's awkward. It's an awkward room to walk into. A post-game locker room where they lost, where, where they've just lost a game is never fun. Last night especially. Um, now, my analyst answer in terms of, like, what I thought of the team, how they handled it. Like, this locker room has not been the same to me all year as it was last year. Just the vibe in the locker room, even on a random Wednesday during a week. Like, I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but, like, you never really see players, like, hanging out in the locker room anymore. You never see them, like, like, there just doesn't seem to be the camaraderie that there was last year. Like, outside of, like, honestly, like, the practice squad receivers that are always in the locker room hanging out, like, you never see main guys kind of, like, socializing in the locker room. Now, Maybe they just don't want to do it in front of the media, but I felt like last year there was more of that. Yeah. And when there's when they lose a game, you really see that because like it empties out quickly. I mean, last night, I mean Zach Ertz talked, Malcolm talked. Uh, I don't I don't remember if Brandon Graham talked, Fletcher Cox talked. Like the leaders of the team did talk to their credit, but it's it's just an awkward, empty locker room. That's really how how I could describe it. Like if you're an Eagles fan out there listening and you're thinking like, wow, I would have liked to go in the locker room. Like you wouldn't want to be in there last night. Like it's ugly. Mm. There's not a lot of players. Uh, and it's just really not not a great place to be. So my goodness, the food well, that they're dropping off right here is yes. Uh, what did so? What did you French guys order? Here? Soup? Oh yes, you Dude, did it right. French onion soup is the best possible soup. It is. It's not even close. Yeah, yeah I would uh, heavily agree with that. And then what you what you roll with there, Vince? So I got a buffalo chicken wrap. Uh, of course, that's right. Simple, effective, delicious. <laughs> oh, and. The garlic bread with the uh, French onion soup is a very nice touch uh, along with that, too. So the guys are getting fed here at uh, John and Molly's here again in East uh, Hampton, New Jersey. And I um, here, here's where I'll say that I have been just a, a big proponent of, like, listen, chemistry is overrated, camaraderie is overrated. But even being in that locker room last year and seeing the way Tory and Chris Long and all these other new guys in the Bo airport Allen, interacted – they was it was loose. Like you could walk up to anybody. You could talk to them about, about playing video games. You could talk about like playing Overwatch. Right. Uh, Howard Eskin Great getting into in, in, getting into Jordan versus LeBron yeah. debates with everybody that was in there. It was it was different. And uh, uh, it, I mean, obviously, they the, the the thing that keeps waking me up is you keep hearing that. Right. Jason Kelsey's even said it. Uh, not Alshon Jeffrey through Josina Anderson yeah. has been saying that. Well, no, no comment on that. <laughs> uh, but that's that, – I don't know. So should we? Should I have been giving a little more credit well, if, if they keep saying that it just doesn't feel the same? I was thinking about this on the drive over here, and one of the things I think about a lot with this team, but especially on my drive over here, was how they plastered the new norm right, right. outside the locker exactly. room, right? Is – like when 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 Doug said it was the new norm, is how this team is currently operating. Like how how he's building the team, how Doug coaches, how the right. locker room is. Is that good enough? Like, like of course it, it's not. Do, do they have to change how they're doing things? Like is the yes. new, is the norm how they run their team? So my my friend uh, Mark Eckel that covered this team for a long time gave me this stat. Who's totally not a Giants fan. Totally not a Giants fan. 
<laughs> the Eagles, the Eagles could be the first team in NFL history to have a losing record the year before and after they won the Super yeah. Bowl. Wow. Yeah, wow, that's pretty. Good. That'd be awesome. That's a great story, well, right? So yeah. to me, that speaks to like how you're doing things is not working. And uh, I'm not saying the Super Bowl is a fluke at all, but you had one really good year where a lot of things broke your way, and for good reason. Howie made a lot of good signings that all worked out. He gets credit for that. Yeah. You know, like the the players made plays when they were when they were there to be made. I'm not saying the Super Bowl was lucky. I'm just saying maybe the process you're using to make these decisions all worked out at once. But overall, over a three-year span, maybe the norm to how you're doing things is not good enough and not the right way. Well, here's one of the things that I'm curious about because we're talking about this three-year stretch now. And when it comes to chemistry and camaraderie and all that in the locker room in 2016, were those guys hanging around? Because it wasn't a successful season. It was, what, 7-9? and nine? Right. So you lost a lot of games. You had a 3-0 and start, too. So for the second half of the season, it's a lot more losses than wins. So were they hanging around? Were they buddies then? What yeah. was it like in 2016? So first of all, that feels like an eternity ago. So yeah, it's it a little does. hard to remember. But I will say that was a little different because, I mean, there was so many new f- – I mean, that was a completely new regime at that point. And you were coming off of the chip thing where I always thought the chip off uh, locker room issues were a little overblown, but you were still coming off a situation where you had fired the head coach, you had new quarterbacks in there, you had Wentz, you had Doug. So that was a little different. But So I honestly, I can't really compare 2016 to 2018 okay. just because of that. But I do think that the difference between 2017 and 2018, to me, is it's pretty clear. And I think a lot of other media members would agree with me. Like, we go in the locker room, and it's always media outnumbers uh, the players. Yeah. Like, 20 to maybe not to one, but like 10, 10 to one, maybe. I, like. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's some simple answers there with that, though. I mean, there's a nine-game winning streak along with all that and that camaraderie that was going on there. So yeah. this is adversity, and there's new people in there. I'm sure something would have broken at that point. And I will say, it's not like a – I don't look at this as a fluke. Now, there is a worry in me. Look at which, what is a fluke? Like the having a losing record before the, and after the Super Bowl okay, because that's, right. that's what's going to – people are going to point at that. I think that's a fair, fair thing to look at mm. in your process. I, I think – I mean, it's clear to me – 16 to 17 was a major improvement, especially with Carson Wentz. I don't think Carson Wentz just had so, a fluky good year and then got injured, and then now yeah, all of you, a sudden these are the repercussions of You can't this. fake being that good like he was last year. Yeah, you Even really if it was can. a little overamplified by the quality of the team, he was still really making highlight plays. Yeah. So I actually, to, to switch the subject a little, sure. I guess, I think Carson is playing at almost the same level he was last year, and I just think I completely disagree. Okay, all right. Well, let yeah. me let me make my yeah, argument. Too. All right, perfect. So <laughs> keep eating your Buffalo wrap over there, Vince. And uh, that's right. right. Yeah, that's right. So all right, he, here's my argument I'd make, and I'm a stat guy, so I'll start from that beginning. Sure. I, but I will I will start by saying I know stats don't tell the whole story with Carson, especially this year with especially every quarterback. This year. Yep, yeah, I would agree. But when you look at just statistically what he's doing per game versus this year and last year, it's basically exactly the same. So I mean. There's that. Like, at the end of the day, they're getting the same production. But I will also say I think that people are putting putting a lot of the fact that this franchise and organization as a whole has taken a step back and blaming a lot of that on Carson. Like, the the, the task at, that Carson is trying to overcome, A, coming back from a torn ACL, B, winning— MCL and IT band. Right. Yeah. And winning the second Super Bowl is, like, considerably harder than winning the first of one. Of course it is, so, yeah. So Wentz, what, the, the task Wentz is taking on— is way harder than what Foles had to do to start. But B, I just think when, like, you know, people focus on the accuracy issues this year, and like, yeah, he missed some passes against the Cowboys. There's no disputing that. 
But guess what? He missed a lot of passes last year too. But the difference is they were up like thirty-one to nine in all these games. And he, or he would make up for him because yeah, or be the offense play. was clicking. Right. But the offense right. isn't as good last year. The team uh, uh, as it was last year. And he. Yes, I guess does deserve some blame, but I think the coaching isn't as good. And it's really hard to overcome if you're Carson. Like, a quarterback situation, obviously they have a lot of control, but quarter, a quarterback can only do so much, and I don't think he can overcome poor coaching. I don't think he can overcome poor play around him by his teammates. And I just think too much is being made of it. Like, he's still the most valuable piece this organization has. He's a better quarterback than Doug is a head coach. He's a better quarterback than Howie is a GM. He's the best piece this franchise has. And I just, they know that. Right. I so, think so. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, they have to. But, but here's what I'm saying. Yeah, if you are taking Carson Wentz expectations and going, hey, uh, go win a second Super Bowl. By the way, you have a bunch of injured rostered players. Right. Yes, I'm not comparing him to that. I'm saying stuff that a normal NFL quarterback should be doing, he is not. Like what? Like, again, uh, holding on to the ball too long, not, you know, Clearly, keeping his eyes on Zacherts for at least two and a half quarters, not switching that up. Now, can you make the argument that that's part of you know the the coaching tree that's doing that to him? I would think so. I would actually lean more that it is not that creative. It's not helping him do much of anything else. And then we get into these uh, discussions on like, well, he just likes to throw to Zacherts, and and that's the easy thing to do. No, I mean Zacherts gets open, and the defense well, is taking what's giving it to him. Unfortunately, last uh, against the Cowboys, they stuck Byron Jones on him most of the time, and he did not have success against them. And then that's what it's happening there. But um, I, I again, I'll, I'll reiterate what I said last night, Vince. You need to find a way where Carson Wentz is commanding this offense again to make him feel more comfortable. And I think it's very much okay to criticize this, the first three quarters of his performance because they were terrible and they were awful. Yeah, he was really horrible in the first three quarters. And and the fact he had a nice fourth quarter, it, it helps. It helps a lot. It changes it, the narrative for the game a good bit. And, and it was nice to see because when things are that bad, usually it feels like the game is going to finish that way. So to have the willpower to stay positive enough to be able to convert those plays... I mean, how many points did they put up in that fourth quarter or towards the end of that yeah. game there? They, they ended with, what, 23 points? Yeah, 17, yeah. I think, in the fourth quarter. They yeah. were horrible in that game. They put up 23 points in a short amount of time, which shows you the talent's there, and that's why it's so frustrating. Like, it, it just hasn't been unlocked. And when it comes to Wentz, the comfort is certainly one thing. The, the issue I have with your argument, Elliot, is the, uh, the numbers. Okay. So if the, number, the numbers might be just about the same, but the issue is it's almost inflation this year. Right, So we've seen it across the league. The all all yeah, the numbers yeah. are going up across the league. And for Wentz, he hasn't taken that step like everybody else. Part of it is the injuries. Part of it's the coaching staff and all that stuff. But he, he definitely hasn't been as good as last year. And the biggest dynamic for me as to why is his legs. So maybe it's an injury thing, and I want to wait till next year before I really crush him and say he's not the same guy. But the lack of running from Carson Wentz, I think, is a huge, huge factor. Okay, so I completely disagree with that. Okay. okay so first of all, I think there's this there's this perception out there with Wentz that he was this elusive, mobile quarterback. He was good at, at maneuvering the pocket, but he was not a guy in the open field that made three, four players miss no. and like sprinted. Right. So so you know you look at that play against the Cowboys where I thought it was a poorly you know, a poorly called play, but where they had Wentz kind of roll out to the right and he had the option to pitch it back. Like, Wentz, it, Wentz isn't making people miss prior to that ACL injury. He's not making people miss before it. If you look at his running yards, 
he is running it less per year, but I don't think that's injury related. I think that's all off season. Everyone said Carson, you can't run it as much, so he's not running it as much. <laughs> well, like, that, and that's yeah. why I don't yeah. want to kill him yet. And I and I understand he's he's definitely not that guy. Josh Allen right now is a running back that plays quarterback. Like that's yeah. Josh Allen. And Josh Allen, let's be honest. Well, he's maybe probably he's a little more athletic than Carson. Yeah, he, he's he's more. I would say he's quicker in the open field. Carson is much more of like a Big Ben type body than he is a Josh Allen slash like Marcus Mariota, Michael Vick type situation. Yeah, of I'll course, buy that. Yeah. Now, th- but that's the thing is, I just want to see the things you talked about. I, I want to see Carson Wentz move out of the pocket a little he's bit. He's doing that though. Not as he's much been- as he could. He gets. He, there's a lot of times where he's sitting in the I pocket. Think, I don't think Doug's doing that. Yeah, I, I want exactly. Yeah. I want to see some bootlegs here or there. Some like something that moves him a little bit. He had a couple of plays in Washington where against Washington where he did that on Monday night and it worked. Against Jacksonville, he moved around a lot and it worked. And well, you well, didn't even see those things. It's not that he has to run, but at least move the pocket, especially earlier. And that's the thing, too. We're talking about the whole season here. Earlier in the season, when the offensive line was bad, they've stabilized a good bit. And they don't get a lot of credit for that. But they were bad earlier, and you left him in there sitting for three, four seconds at a time. He was getting killed. Well, let me ask both of you guys. I would agree that par- that an issue for Carson Wentz in, so- in some ways is his pocket presence. What does that have to do with the injury? Nothing. Okay, so so the, this whole idea that, like, I, I just think people are using this injury as a crutch where I think a lot of the flaws you're seeing in Carson's game are flaws you saw last year. He's always had an issue fumbling the ball. That is not new, right? He's always, his accuracy has never been elite down the field. Now, he has a cannon for an arm, but in terms of placement, like, yeah, he's, but, he's um, perfectly capable of throwing dimes, sure. but he misses players and, as well. And to your point last year, maybe week three or four last season, we were still having that conversation, will Wentz ever learn to have a deep ball? Right, exactly. Uh, well, I mean, I wasn't. <laughs> I uh, want to clarify that part. Was, I mean, he like, was missing. A lot. He has the arm yeah, for it, but he was yeah, missing was, a lot of passes deep that, last year. That was year. a huge narrative about this team. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. was a, it was a terrible narrative. Like it was a it was a dumb one. Because well, how many you, deep plays you, they have? You this saw year. him do it in 2016, and it, you had two brand new wide receivers, and he was throwing the garbage. That's why I knew it. Car- just, Carson Wentz's was, accuracy down the field is. I'm not saying it's bad, but it, it's not elite. It's not stellar, yeah. And, and you're, not, well. so, but that was the case prior to the injury. So I'm saying, so what, what, what do you see different between Carson physically between I mean, Carson coach before even and said, after? His own coach even said it in a press conference. It was good. It wasn't great in terms of his accuracy. But, he, but he's his talking footwork overall. And his, his footwork and his mechanics have been have completely regressed from whatever flipping everybody else well, was they, talking they about. Have, the coaches have not said that, just to be clear. Uh, uh, gr- I, I, coaches have not said that. Okay. But that's... Blatantly obvious and clear when you watch. I, the tape. I disagree. I completely disagree. All right. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's stepping into his throws any less. I don't think. Look. I mean, at the end of the day. No, no, not that part of it. It's all. It's the setup too. You know, like it's sloppy and it's slower it, to to set up all of those different throws, whether it's intermediate, right. short, or whatever. And it's clear. Like even on even on bubble screens, you don't notice any of these things. The things that to go honest, take, look, the timing's I, off. The, it's all off. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I can break yeah. down like the the minutiae of like a quarterback mechanic. I'm not. I'm, and I'm not an expert okay, either. Right? I'm just but saying. I'm just all, going by what I see. All I know is when I watch Carson this year versus when I watched Carson last year, I think people use the injury as a crutch, and the overall issue is the offense is not as good, and so Carson has not played well, as well. And that is important because one of the big things that. I felt last year was he was overrated. People overrated Carson Wentz because it's just the the nature of being a quarterback. It's always about the quarterback. So when they're good, the quarterback's great. When they suck, the quarterback sucks. And last year, he had an elite team. He He had the best offense in the league around him. They could do everything, right? When you're talking about teams that 
can go and beat anybody, what do they do? The New Orleans Saints. They can do the short game. They can right. do the deep game. They can run the ball. If The Eagles could do that. So right. you have that luxury. You can beat teams in a bunch of different ways and look good doing it. But when you have a worse team around you, how good are you? And if well, you were me, to put me, a guy like yeah. Russell Wilson in here, how does Russell Wilson look? Probably a little bit better because he's a better quarterback. So Wentz was overrated last year. You judge him harsher this year, and he seems worse than it, he is. You judge him harsher because everyone is looking to see if he's the same after the injury. When in reality, yeah. he's the same player. He's the same player. Like, he, he, it's just the offense isn't as good. So if the offense isn't as good, but yet the players from that, from last year are still here for the most part, and you've upgraded in a lot of spots in this offense. Well, where have you upgraded on this offense? Because I you've disagree. Gotten a, you've gotten a, a, another playmaking tight end. You've gotten Golden Tate in here for the last couple of games. Uh, that should be an improvement. Nelson Aguilar is here and back. Alshon Jeffrey is here and back. Your boy Jordan Matthews yeah, is looking insane. stellar. Yeah, I forgot about I mean, the J-Mat. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, even so, Mike Wallace should have been an upgrade to Torrey Smith. That didn't, didn't end up happening. Mac Collins, all the, all the rest. Yeah, there's been injuries there. But at a minimum, this is still the same offense with the same weapons. Yeah. Minus Darren Sproles for eight weeks or whatever, nine weeks, whatever ended up being. Uh, why is it different then? That's what I'm saying. Like, if the only element is the, the the lowest common denominator ends up always pointing back to the OC and the quarterback coach, if it's that simple, I, I don't think it is. That's what I'm saying. I just don't think it is. Well, part of it's going to play into how he feels within a game. A lot of it is confidence, right? You're going to feel better in certain games and make bolder plays than you typically would. Yeah. So. He's when he's in an offense that isn't doing anything, and we're still now. We talked about this last night, John. Where we've played 14, 13 games, right? Like, what is this team's identity? There's no comfort whatsoever. He doesn't have anything that he can go to other than Zach Ertz. That's the one reliable thing that he's had for success throughout this year. And this is in a year where he's been rehabbing and hasn't been able to work on those mechanics. When he was a project from sixteen into seventeen. He doesn't get to maintain any of that. He's got to relearn how to do everything, and in a very basically with no time to relearn how to do it. So two things: everything both of you guys just described points way more to Doug than it does Carson, right? Like they have the same offense yeah. they did last year, yet their offense is terrible for the beginning of games all season. I mean, like that, yeah, but the argument, but the argument isn't Carson Wentz is the problem for the offense. That wasn't the argument. Is you're you're asking is Carson Wentz the same guy as he was last season? Well, what and I'm, I'm saying, no. But I don't think overall it's his responsibility. But, 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 but I think I think the the more the more true statement is the offense isn't the same it was last year. There's more truth right. to that but than I'm there saying, is that Carson's why? not. We have no idea why. I, I'm well, I'm telling you, it's Doug. <laughs> it's Doug. The it's, coaching okay. staff. It is. They they do not have this team. Doug said it himself. They do. They did not have the attention to detail and the focus. That was his reasoning for the offense struggling last night. What what else? Who else's fault is that? Like you can blame the players, but then the people that see this is this is the kind of thing I, I go back and forth. You guys are right. I mean, it starts at somebody. It's the buck. The buck has to stop at some point. But literally, what if the guys underneath you aren't paying attention to detail throughout the season? Well, what things. are you supposed to do with that? Be like, well, they're not doing their job. Two things. One, I agree. Like the buck does start somewhere, and it always is on the head coach. But I also think this is an issue that it's not like a hundred percent one person's fault, right? Like yes. there, there's yeah. blame to go around. But to the other part, you said. I mean, you said yourself, which is I think a great point, and I've been saying all year. Like the the injuries are not an issue on offense. Like when you talk no. about the injuries on this team, it's not anymore, you, you want to anyway. say the defense yeah. fine. But so the same players that you had here last year, essentially, unless you're telling me like 
Golden Tate and these guys aren't coming in, like you have a lot of the same faces that you you succeeded with last year. So for, from that respect, I can't sit here and say like like okay, this is a personnel issue in terms of paying attention and lack of focus because these players were doing it last year. They had success last year doing it. So I'm not really sure, you know, like it, that that's a weird statement to me by Doug. And I also think that when you look at why this team has struggled, like. It's preparation. They look unprepared mm-hmm. yep. every for every game. The they game look unprepared suck. and outcoached. And why are we why are we taking that and trying to throw some blame on Carson? Like, look, and I've said repeatedly, not to go on a rant here, but I've said repeatedly <laughs> that people are afraid to criticize Carson. And I maybe I'm coming yes. maybe I'm coming across like that right now. But to me, the much bigger criticism of Carson is how he's played late in games. And he's improved over the last three games in that regard, especially last night against the Cowboys. In the last three games in the fourth quarter, he's gotten the ball eight times, and they've scored points on six of them. They've punted once, and they've killed clock to secure a win the other time. So he is improving in the fourth quarter. That was the biggest concern with Carson. Not his mechanics, not has he regressed. No, he's the same player. You want to see steps forward, and you've seen that from him. Yeah, this is a Jared Goff. This is a reverse Jared Goff. I mean, really, he went from Jeff Fisher to Sean McVay. And that's what it feels like this year for Wentz. It's it's just he's moved backwards in an offense that is doing nothing to help this guy whatsoever. Um, the the first quarter touchdown against Washington was a, a rarity that it's I mean it's unbelievable how rare it is to score first, first quarter points. That is a direct indication of your game plan. It's a direct indication of play calling. Those things have been bad. You have 15 scripted plays. And you never score when you've got all week to prepare and say these are the weaknesses, these are the best way to attack. None of it works. It doesn't work throughout the rest of the game. That's why they've been a bad team. Let, let me ask you guys this, since I know we're on different sides of this argument. Yeah. What's, a bigger, what's a bigger concern to you guys, the coaching or Wentz, is, Wentz coming back from an injury? Coaching. Okay. A thousand percent. All right. So, so then I don't get why like a lot of the talk today in Philadelphia – is kind is about like oh Wentz isn't the same player he was prior to the injury like he played because bad. it's easy because it's easy to point and say yeah that's I mean it's that's narrative. the biggest yeah everyone just wants to focus on the quarterback and and it's easy to do but it's not right and that's the thing he he got again he got all the blame or he got all the love last year as he's an MVP he's an elite player he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the league all that stuff which is it's just not true he's a good quarterback well, he was last year well the numbers say that yes, but yeah. it's no but he was last year. he was no, really he was. good last he year he played really well last year. but again it's with the circumstances i feel like a lot of quarterbacks would have put enough quarterbacks would have put up numbers similar <laughs> Man, to that I so just uh fucking yeah i mean completely. and I, honestly not to, not to drop this take that like everyone hates so much but the middle of their schedule ended up being extremely soft for what it's worth i'm just saying like a lot of the yeah. numbers he put up with you know i mean he went into seattle and didn't play well he played well against the rams on the road i'll give him that I just think he's the same player. He's the same player he was last year. You've made a really good case, actually. I I'm really starting to buy this idea that he's he's see generally the same guy. But I I would Vince like has to a see. Weak mind. He lets <laughs> he lets other people's well, opinions in no, just like John, that. What's the difference? <laughs> the strongest minds are willing to change, John. And here's <laughs> I love the thing. This guy. But not, not in not in in ten minutes. <laughs> yes, if a guy <laughs> makes a good argument. And and here's exactly the thing. Right. But it, it it's for us it's it's more of a simple semantical kind of difference. Because sure. for me, I think that elusivity in the pocket is. Something something he's really missed and it gave them usually the other thing is too when you're generating time in the pocket by using your legs you get pretty big plays out yeah. of that because they're broken plays at that point that's when you're getting 25 yards on a seven yard dump to somebody because he burned his guy people are 
all over the field. Right, exactly. And you can break it somewhere. It's so like Golden Tate a few weeks ago against right, the Redskins. Right, exactly. Yeah. Out and put so it let me ask Great you this: thing. What's the hardest team that they face this season? Saints. Okay. Oh yeah, without right. a question. Yeah. And then who else besides that? The Cowboys. Okay, so why aren't they putting up a uh, why aren't why aren't in the cookie cutters as you said in 2017? Because the, co- because the coaching's not as good. Okay, so yeah. the co- that's it. That's it. The coaching is that not as good. The equivocal biggest factor is the coaching, and there's no doubt about it. I've the second that, you yeah. get a competent offensive coordinator in here who so, isn't named Mike Groh, so, it's progress, and then we have but to it's really not the evaluate offensive Doug. coordinator because the it's offensive both. coordinator is Doug Peterson. It's so both. unless Doug Peterson is a complete goddamn fraud, which Trust well, me, I'm panicking a little bit that he might be, but I don't think he is. So th- that's what I'm saying. Like, if there is, you should panic a little. There is 2017. There are a lot of weak teams that they played. They played, I would say, a good number of the same amount of weak type of opponents. Yeah. in the middle of that the schedule. That was a big criticism: is they beat bad and teams. Carson Wentz has not performed well, as here, well. Here's another. And that's that's not just all coaching either. It's a big part of your quarterback not having the confidence and the fourth quarter and the comeback and everybody's obsessed and Scott Kazmir's fucking jerking off over it because he can finally bring out his Dak versus Wentz takes and all this other different stuff. I'm not here for that. Well, here's like, another John's thing. You extremely can, riled up in a family I am, restaurant I, I, right now. <laughs> I, am, I, am, I am. He's I spitting on a kid's everybody. mac and cheese you, from you, across the room. You, Couple's <laughs> trying to have a date over here. He's talking about jacking off Scott ruined, Kazmir. I just like. ruined a first kiss. So I guess yeah. this, is, this has been terrible. I, I honestly believe that People just want to dive back into that pool again and just say that Wentz was always a bad quarterback and now it was just offensive coaching and circumstances. And it's not. He's playing poorly. He played an extremely high level in 2017. He's not playing up to that level. It's not the same quarterback. It's the same it, quarterback. It is, it is clearly the, not. The offense is just not as good. Well, he, the, he plays the defense a role in isn't that, either. Yeah. I think it's important to say the defense is not as good this year either. They've had issues all year with the defense. They've played behind a lot in games and the other thing is you're not getting turnovers so what's going to benefit a quarterback and his numbers and the the ease of completing throws and executing an offense within a game it's scoring points and when you're minus whatever they are in the turnover ratio one of the worst teams in the league bottom 10 in turnovers quarterback's not going to look all that good because he's got to throw the ball all the time behind in games and you don't win it's it's a losing situation and with uh that being said uh we did uh, appreciate your phone calls again at 267-245-6066 uh if you want to get in at any time let's roll those real quick well i just watched cooper bring it in right now right at the end the defense are amazing tonight and that fucking sucks go buds i love carson as much as anyone but that first half is why you have to give it another year before you decide to extend the guy for a hundred plus million dollar contract. I mean, he was abysmal in the first half, and that cost us the game. As much as the refs were terrible, Carson was terrible in the first half. Hey, uh, are you watching the same game I was watching? Because I watched the Saints get their ass kicked with 127 yards passing, and it goes down to a coin flip and the lack of balls to go for two. Are you kidding me? Ellis was luckier than hell, and they played shitty, but they didn't get off the field on offense. Oh, God, that was so painful. It's Tom from Vancouver, Canada. Oh, my God. Great post-game pod. The defense played really well. They showed a lot of heart. The offense in general, you know, it actually, I don't think it was all that bad. I think the problem was Wentz, and I'm tired of making excuses. 
I have to hand it to ESP for calling it a month or so ago when he said the offense is the problem, not the defense. And that, and that, I'm sorry, but I've, I got to rant on slightly longer. The front office, the Jacksonville win was probably the worst good thing that could have happened to the Eagles all season. A victory over a bad team put them in a position where the front office sacrificed the future by wasting a key third round pick on a redundant skill player. What a waste. Thanks a lot, guys. You, you've been wonderful. It's beat from San Jose, California. Hey, John, Vince, James, who else am I forgetting? Uh, maybe Jack. We played a hard out yesterday, man. It was a disappointing loss. I can't kill Rasul Douglas for it. I can't kill the defense for it. This is our season in a nutshell. We might still have hope for Minnesota or um, Seattle to lose out and, you know, go in the wild card. If not, just plan for next next season. Just take a fresh look at this. And that's what I would say. Thank you, guys. Now, Tom, Tom, hold on. Tom, I love you. But now he's, you know, he's praising you there. He said ESP Smart was man. right and you can take your SpongeBob memes and shit, cram them up your butt because... The the offense was indeed the issue, and he said that's your take. Well, I have a origi- problem with that. It's originally John's take. <laughs> like, yeah, we've been talking about that for a long as, time. As Vince, so, as Vince just said, <laughs> a, 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 the smartest people are willing to change their mind. John, I changed can, his mind. Convinced me in, in the like studio seven minutes. Yeah, actually. very quickly. Because when you hear a good point, it's easy to change your mind. Yeah, like, like I'm not going to sit here and. Dive in on my takes. Like if I'm wrong, I'll change my mind. And that was John's take. Yes, uh, and I appreciate everybody calling. I did like uh, think it was. Uh, it sounded like an older gentleman just <laughs> just cursing up a storm well, there me, and saying let that. Let the me say worse. one thing. Yeah, too. go for it. All right. So you, you know, you talked about this this idea that maybe Doug Peterson's not a good head coach. Like, I don't think that's the case. But I think again, when you win the Super Bowl, having success post Super Bowl is way more difficult than it is pre Super Bowl. And Doug accomplished that extremely early on in his career. Right. So he's facing a lot of issues that coaches normally don't have to face till they're five, six years in mm-hmm. the league. He had to repl- re- replace his top two offensive minds. That obviously is proven tough to do. He just has to deal with a lot of elements other coaches don't have to. I still think Doug is a great play caller. Yes, yeah, so do I. You know, not this year. Not great. With some of the play calls, yeah, it's but been it's been it's been disappointing. I, 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 but honestly, that's what me and Vince were fighting about yesterday. I honestly think a lot of the execution falls on that too, which you can go lead right back to coaching too. I understand that, but like you can't you can't tell Carson he can't throw the football for him. He can't lead block for somebody. Correct, but I, I think I think overall, when you look at this, op, like when you look at the offense, and let's just talk about just the first quarter slash, like you know, into the second. It looks more like they're running into a brick wall than it does there's plays to be merit- yeah. made and people are missing them. Like, players are not wide open. Even in, you know, against the Giants at the beginning of that game, even like six yard completions felt like it took so much to have happen. And that's coaching. Yeah. It's not Carson. They don't do those easy passes. The one thing that really frustrates me all that I say it every week with this team yeah. is the short passing game works. It's so easy to do. And it gives you all the benefits of keeping your defense off the field and all that kind of stuff. We didn't see it in the Dallas game. We saw it a lot in the Washington game, and it was good. Little picks and slants and that kind of thing. That's why the Patriots do it all the time. It works. And we saw it in the second half of the game, in the second half of the third quarter on. It did work a little bit. The Darren Sproles got that big third down conversion. That was a pick play. Alshon yeah. Jeffrey comes across, knocks the linebacker out, easy wheel route for a big completion. You don't do that stuff. And the other thing is, from a play-calling standpoint, uh, th- and this has really bothered me about the game, first quarter, first drive, Josh Adams gets a carry for eight yards. He gets a carry for two yards. Oh, here we go again. He gets a carry for 24 <laughs> yards. 
and then you don't, you literally don't, you get one more carry for no yardage, and then you don't see him until the third quarter. Vince is dead right, but go ahead, John. You can make your point. Uh, did they did they score any points on uh, Josh Adam drives? How many in, in the three plays that he ran? He was very successful. Okay, well, well, so that's good. So let's get rid of the successful thing and not try it anymore. The Eagles offense, that. the Eagles saying, offense made it made a considerable turnaround the quarter the last two weeks, turning going into this game. Would you agree with that? Would you th- Would you believe? Well, on, would oh, you agree? No, would, would you agree, you agree that Leighton uh, Van Der Esch? Jalen Smith have great side-to-side speed, and a running game against them would probably be a bad idea. But it worked. No, I wouldn't agree because for, it okay. was working. <laughs> he had a 20. Look, if you want to tell me, like, Josh Adams had 11 carries for 15, 16 yards or whatever, like, fine. All right, it's not working. But it's just weird that his he only carried it twice after that 24 yards. You want to know why, fellas? Why? 93 fucking snaps on offense for the Dallas Cowboys. It really limits the amount of possessions and not even possessions, snaps on offense. But you, you get all go, of those possessions and snaps because you don't maintain your own drives. Score points. Yes, and, and maintain <laughs> possession of the ball. If this is something that works and you do the same passing game that has not worked all year, then why are so you doing it? Don't pass the ball and hand it off. No, to Josh, Josh Adams don't pass. Times. Josh Adams, you didn't, igno- you didn't acknowledge him the entire half after he runs for twenty-four yards. He gets one carry for zero yards after that. And you just say, "Oh, well, that's it. That twenty-four yarder was a mirage. That eight-yard run was a mirage. Let's never do this." Look, it's I'm, crazy. I'm much more on your side, Barchard, of the run pass thing, right? But there it's is not even about that. It's we're talking about snaps and like maintaining a run game, like having having Josh Adams and going. It's it's the it's the hot uh, what is that the hot shot fallacy where oh well you know Josh Adams had the successful run so obviously he's going to t- continue to have success it's not true it is just not that, true that's, that's not a true, fallacy but well but it's, it's also no, not no, no. true he won't you have exact, no idea what exactly going to happen. but that's that's so why what I'm ignore saying. it though <laughs> it's because were, were they doing what, what what they were doing when they got away from the run did it work was no what, d- during, no during the run how, but so the other thing can't be true. The other thing cannot auto cannot automatically be true. It if can't, it's like, but you should well, the try pass it. Didn't That's work, the problem. So the run would have, and that would have allowed them more snaps here's, on the here's, field. Here's it's a bullshit all argument. Here's all I know: the last two weeks leading up to Dallas, Josh Adams had 20 plus carries in both games. Yeah. They had their best two offensive games of the year. Take away that explosion against the Giants early in the year. So I'm not saying like, look, I think Carson Wentz is the best player on the offense. You want the ball in his hand. I agree, but there's just no denying the fact that. You know, Vince said it earlier. This offense doesn't have an identity. It did feel like they were starting to have an identity. Now, maybe you don't want to have a running identity. Fine. All right. But it's, it's been not working. A, you guys are missing the point. This is not about not running the football or whatever. It's about saying it would be would have been successful if they would have turned back to Josh Adams. And I'm telling you, I'm, that's not the I'm case. I'm not in guaranteeing limited, that. That's not my and, argument. And we're, and we're forgetting my about what. My argument is not that, though. Look, hindsight for, is Hold on, hold on. We're forgetting about what happened for two quarters. And almost three quarters is they didn't have the football in their hand. Because they that's didn't the, have drives. Okay, they didn't have drives also, that worked. Also, it doesn't matter. We're not talking about time. Like, yes, you're right. They didn't run a lot of plays. But what they did, what even if they ran three plays, we're talking about what they did with those plays. And they, they ran it. Look, I was at the stadium. They felt like they were physically dominating the Cowboys early on. On the special teams, they come down, they force that fumble. On off- on defense, they force a three and out. They come out, they run the ball, I think, three of their first four plays, and it really, to me, felt like they were the more physical team to start. And look, not to sound like an old-school guy, but they got away from it, and it changed the game. Their offense disappeared because, because of that. 
you got to have some semblance of, it, it, and I don't want to say balance. I get it. It's a passing league, and, and I get expectations of points and yardage and all that kind of stuff. Generally, it leads to the passing game. But you got to look at what you are. Is this team a good passing team? They're not. Despite all the weapons they have, it hasn't worked this year. And so all the things you did last year, as much as you want to try how to they, replicate that stuff they, and get back to it. How they score 17 points in the fourth quarter? By running the ball or by throwing it? No, they they they, they threw the ball very well in the fourth okay. quarter. Yeah, they All did, right. but it took them. But you <laughs> you were in a big hole where you scored twenty three points in the fourth quarter, and it doesn't you matter. In a big hole, you were down by a score. Still Dude, wouldn't score. It shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been that way. They should have had the lead in that game. They could have done, or at least they should have they should have scored more than All, zero points and a half. All I'm saying is zero when, points. Is when the Dallas Cowboys are limiting your possessions on offense, which they, they were it's because not about they limited their own possessions okay. by not maintaining oh. possession. But it's not. It's, this is you like gotta have the, successful the plays. You gotta no, have no. successful plays. No, no, because look, it's not about the amount of snaps they had. It's about what they did with the snaps. Yeah. I agree. They didn't have the ball a lot. That's a major issue and whether they were running it or throwing it whatever they were doing wasn't working right but regardless we're talking about the fact that Josh Adams like had a 24 yard run like you can sit here and say just because he was successful to begin with doesn't mean he would be later in the game but what you saw of Josh Adams early on was success so why would you think that I go, go away, away? This is well. A guy just hit two three pointers in a row. He's obviously going to hit the third yeah, one. Yeah, that's, that's what you're. It. That's what you're saying. No, it's, a fa- it's, no, it's a, not exactly it's no, but, because no, what, you have no. weeks of evidence what, to back this what, up. What I'm saying is, if and a guy hits two three pointers in a row, I want him to take the third to see what happens. Okay, you're saying you're saying like don't impact your game plan at all by the fact that a guy had two three pointers in I'm a row. I'm saying you can't just go back to a, a, a automatically just think that a running game is going to solve this this issue of. Hey, they would have scored more points and taken the pressure off of a bad. I'm not saying it would have. Look, you got to get into a rhythm. It's not about that. It would. It's that's the thing. You keep framing it that we're saying it it would definitively get points. The problem is what the uh, the other stuff they did didn't work, and they didn't. They just didn't even bother. He didn't have carries until the, the third quarter, the middle. Like, why? I mean, at least. If you're going to change it up and do something else, it better damn well work. And this year, everything they've tried for the most part hasn't really worked. So they find something that works, and each time they find it, and Doug talks in press conferences about how the run game's working. The line says, we like running the ball. We're pretty good at it. This has been good. And then you say, okay, well, let's not do that anymore. Why? I agree. This This is your identity. You are a running team that can execute some certain screens and the occasional quick pass. You can't do that middle to deep passing game because for whatever reason it just hasn't worked this year so do what works so, for you i disagree 32 times he threw the ball carson yeah, yeah so we what are we talking eight about times in the first half 32 times and uh uh what there was 10 carries Out of how many game? plays that's what i'm saying there's only there's only 30 it's cause and effect on the play count though if you, 32, you why 39, can't you counter long 40, drives with 41. long drives 45, 46 snaps. They had 46 snaps on offense, guys. So that's going to limit. I mean, and that right there is in You're, direct ratio of what their average br- is if okay. they had 20 more snaps on the offense. But you I'm bring, just saying that it's not, like, crazy. That's you, all. You bringing up the snap has has nothing to do with this argument. No. <sighs> it doesn't. It snap has nothing to do. don't matter because if you <laughs> sustain drives, the other team doesn't have the same snap we're, counts. We're, we're, no, we're making the point, why did Josh Adams only carry it five times after carrying it 20 plus times? My point is, who cares? It works. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, who cares? They're, they lost in the, in the season's over. Like, 
that was so, it. So if they would have given Josh Adams four more carries out of their limited amount of snaps, it would have made the difference. I think if they would have gone with the game plan that they did the for previous two weeks, that I, I think their offense would have right, been well, more successful. Well, we're just not going to agree on this, and that's fine, so I too. I sat next to Vin on, Vince on this side. <laughs> that's right. You picked the right <laughs> side, my friend. I, I, all I'm saying is I'm very anti, why didn't they go and do this? It probably would have been more successful than what they were doing because we're the other thing didn't work. We're not saying it would have been more successful. I know you're yeah. not saying that. I'm just I'm preempting this because people are going to hear what they want to hear and and that's that's fine i'll, to be I'll honest, almost sit in the corner and happily be wrong but and, and to be honest i hate the fact that i'm on the side of the argument of like <laughs> of like run it more like I, jo- I, I hate it i'm just saying like the proof is in the pudding and over the last two weeks josh adams had 20 plus carries now where i will say your snap count thing comes in is yes if you're only running what well, would you say they ran 40 Think something about, plays yeah, 40 okay something. you don't want josh adams touching the ball 20 of those plays right. i would agree with yes that. exactly but, that's my but, whole point that's, but, that's but, not our argument the argument is he had a 24 yard run and he literally only carried the ball twice after that. It's mind-boggling. You have Wendell Smallwood in the game, late in the game. It's 45 different. There's, there is 40, 40 snaps difference between the two okay, offenses. Okay, explain to me why Wendell Smallwood's in the game over Josh Adams, late in the game. No, 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 because they were throwing the football. He was out on uh, running routes, right? But he ran it. It was close to the uh, It was close to the goal. I think they were like so you don't have Corey Clement. Mm-hmm. Right, but what, what I'm saying is... And like, that probably threw off the rotation, too. So what I honestly think is... I think Josh Adams suffered some type of injury. No one's saying anything. It's just that's, shoulder probably that is the, right? the only thing I can think of. I went back and looked, I hope so. Well, I went back and looked too. today. They didn't. They didn't announce any injury with him. Right. And Doug didn't bring it up after the game. Josh Adams said in the locker room that he was fine. The only reason I can think of it makes any sense is he was banged up. Well, if he shows up on the injury report this week, I guess we'll yeah, find we'll, out. We'll know. Yeah. Vince, take us home, buddy. Oh, God, I, I just want to sigh. Um. All right. So we're wrapping this thing up. Uh, yeah. Of course. Okay. Well. Wait, what do you one, think take this home well, means? I don't, I, can I, can I you're, you're like, box up that buffalo chicken wrap and take it home. Can I make one point? And, t- yeah. and then we don't have to get into a big argument. Yeah. This. I think it's ridiculous that the criticism is Carson's targeting Ertz too much instead of the criticism is these receivers aren't getting open. I would just like to put that out that's there. That's fair. I think that's, I think that's good. I, although Mike Quick did say on the broadcast that he needs to start looking at somebody else over Ertz. Just, well, I just don't, from Al, one wide receiver to Alshon another. Alshon doesn't get open. Alshon does not get open. It's not his strength. He does not create a ton of separation. No, he's good in those limited spaces, but still, it's it's complicated. Now, my last thought, real quick, is I saw the Rams Bears game after the Eagles game, yeah. and I just got more upset because I, did you see the All play that, that momentum. did you see the play that Matt Nagy called in the red zone where he threw a touchdown pass to a lineman? Yeah. He had oh, ten tackle. Yeah, he had ten linemen on the field. He stacked them up so five of them were behind, like in one ball on the side of the field, and he sells run. He did a he did a play action to a defensive tackle in the backfield yeah. and threw a touchdown Rabel to a tackle. Style. It that was, was awesome. the greatest play I've ever seen. Like that kind of ingenuity, that kind of creativity, the balls of that. I just feel like we haven't seen it as much as we did last year, and it, it makes me wonder. Seeing these great coaches makes me wonder. So one thing we should address actually, and I know we have to wrap this up, but just real quick, yes or no? Would you have gone for two on the final? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I wouldn't I have, although I time. think it was the right decision. I don't you think know, I would have had the balls to do but it. I, I will. I, you know what? That'll be my final thought because Doug Peterson actually changed my mind on it, and I thought his answer in the press conference today was 100 percent correct because you're forcing a team to play more conservative. Maybe they punt the ball back to you as it's do or die. We have to go score, and that could change, you know, anything. So. Also, like, uh, not not to sound like a D-bag coach being yeah. like, I'm down on the sideline and you're not. But it's a lot easier for me to tweet I should do it than for the season on the line to go. Oh, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm just putting that out there. Like, that's a that would have been a that would have been I, the, 
almost the biggest call of Doug's career outside yeah. of maybe in the Super Bowl when he went for it on fourth and one. But. I still personally would have gone with it, but they, I know that they're using their fancy analytics, which which won them the Super Bowl last year, right. and Doug relied heavily on that. So I thought that was a really great answer from Doug Peterson. Yeah, today. so that's John Barchard. With Elliot Shore Parks, I'm Vince Quinn from John and Molly's in East Hampton. Make sure you come and check this place out. because French is, onion soup yeah, looks French delicious. French onion soup was bang. It does yeah. look good. This place, if I had to describe it, I'd say cozy. This, It's yeah. big. It's very big, but it's cozy. Yeah, I it like is. this spot. So, Feels like I'm coming home for a meal. Yeah, nice neighborhood joint. Looks like they got a lot of beer available for you. Nice. I like the big round central bar where you can sit on every yeah. side of the bar. They I got that too. kind of thing going on. I feel like they should add stuffed shells to their menu. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, <laughs> that's that's my put that's it my in the criticism. comment box. Yeah. Bring your yeah. own my stuffed goodness. shells and order yeah. your <laughs> order other food on the side. So, all right, for all the guys, John Barchard, Elliot Shore Parks, I'm Vince Quinn on Around the Locker Room. We'll see you.